0: This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting's 2FM radio stations in Michigan and the Midwest and Supertalk Mississippi Media's 12 radio stations in the South. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joel Sami, your co-host, joined by Natasha Sardorj, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit, and our distinguished guest host, Governor Phil Bryant.
1: America's Roundtable from Washington D.C. brings together leading voices from business, government, media, technology, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, and Fireside. Visit iLeadersSummit.org. iLeadersSummit.org.
0: This weekend on America's Roundtable from Washington D.C., we're delighted to be joined by Governor Phil Bryant, who served as Mississippi's 64th governor from 2012 to 2020. Governor Bryan serves on the Executive Advisory Board of International Leaders Summit and is spearheading efforts at Brian Sonji Snell Global Partners, where he provides strategic advice and counsel and business development services to some of the world's largest industry leaders. And on this note, we are delighted to have Governor Phil Bryan joining us on America's Roundtable. Good morning, Governor Bryan.
1: Good morning, Governor Bryant. Good
2: morning. Good morning, Natasha Joel. It's so good to see you now. We've only talked before, but now I get to see your smiling faces.
1: Governor
0: Bryant, as we've been talking about this for some time, tomorrow, Sunday, June 6, 2021, marks the 77th anniversary of D-Day. According to a published report, I quote, On June 6, 1944, more than 160,000 Allied troops landed along a 50-mile stretch of heavily fortified French coastline to fight Nazi Germany on the beaches of Normandy, France. General Eisenhower called the operation a crusade in which we will accept nothing less than full victory. More than 5,000 ships and 13,000 aircraft supported the D-Day invasion, and by day's end, the Allies gained a foothold in continental Europe. The cost in lives on D-Day was very high. More than 9,000 Allied soldiers were killed or wounded, but their sacrifice allowed more than 100,000 soldiers to begin the slow hard slog across Europe to defeat Adolf Hitler's crack troops." Governor Bryant, what are your thoughts as we remember and reflect on the tremendous sacrifice of America's young in defeating tyranny, liberating an entire continent, and preserving freedom?
2: Joel, Natasha, this is so important to many of us that had fathers, uh, uncles, neighbors, coaches, teachers that wore two vectors. Uh, those who fought in the European campaign, those that looked at D-Day as exactly what it was, a turning point in the war, therefore a turning point in the future of the world. We have to realize at that point during June of 1944, uh, Adolf Hitler, the Axis powers, Italy, Japan, were ruling much of the world. Literally at that time, the Nazis had occupied Europe, For several years had taken France. France was fighting valiantly with the French underground, and so this began two years earlier with Dwight D. Eisenhower and others that began to look at how would we invade the continent of Europe. Not an invasion for conquest, but an invasion for liberty. Now think about that. This was the largest armada the largest amphibious assault that had ever taken place in the history or had taken place or has taken place since then. So it was the largest amphibious assault uh, on the continent in world history. The Americans, the Canadians, the British, and fighting behind the lines, again, the French underground, many of which had been recently killed uh, by the Germans, Uh, as they discovered lines were being cut, railroads were being blown. They were in preparation for this great invasion of H hour, 6.30 a.m., June 6, 1944, D-Day. The world hung in the balance, and and there was a great concern as to whether or not this would succeed. And if it had not succeeded, if we had been thrown back into the sea, if D-Day had failed, the invasion of Normandy had not taken place, We can only imagine what would uh, have taken place after that. Would the American public, as we look at 4,400 casualties, 4,400 men lost their lives in this invasion, uh, over 10,000 casualties and 4,400 dead, would the American public uh, be ready for another attempt if we had lost that day? And it was hanging by a thread on Omaha Beach. Uh, this was the brightest day of American valor. The GI, uh, the government issued soldier, and that's what GI stands for government issue. I remember as a child asking my dad, first, what does D day stand for? And he said nothing. It stands for day. It was D day H hour. And then asking him again, what, was, what did GI stand for? And it was government issue. We were issued by the United States government to go and do our duty. These remarkable men and women that brought this war forward to a conclusion. President Reagan talked about it in June 6th of 1984, the boys of Duhalk at Point Hawk, As those uh, rangers scaled, scaled the cliffs under gunfire to, to try to seize, the, again, the artillery that would be raining down on those young men as they came on Omaha Beach and and Sword and Juneau and Gold Beach as the Canadians rushed in. But that day was a day of destiny for America. Not only did you see Dwight D. Eisenhower, who had not only gone out and and talked to the troops personally, but had given them a message of today was the day that America, that the world was truly waiting for, that D-Day, that H-hour. But secretly, Secretly had penned a message also in the event that the invasion would fail. And Dwight D. Eisenhower said, we have failed this day to take a foothold. We have failed to be successful. But the the blame, the responsibility is mine and mine alone, wrote Eisenhower in those twilight moments of June 6th on that D-Day, early morning as the invasion was beginning. So to to believe today that America's youth do not understand what took place, that the center of all this, the historic moment that was the day, June 6, 1944, was an invasion, a use of force to liberate a continent. The United States took no ground. We seized no countries. The only land that we took was the land necessary, and I visited there June 19, 2013. And the gravesides, the graveyard there overlooking Normandy. That's the only land we asked for was enough to bury our honored dead. And we left. Unfortunately, the Soviet Union did not. They continued to occupy a large part of Europe, including eastern Berlin. So we struggled with the Soviet Union there for many, many years afterwards until that wall came down. But America must remember, they must remember the valor, the honor, the determination, and how on that morning, those young GIs, average age of 22, many of which were left there dead and dying on that beach, gave everything they had for another free world, a free Europe, a free America. This must always be remembered, and we must never forget.
0: Governor Bryant, uh, in study after study, we've noticed that what transpired on D-Day, June 6, 1944, a day that we will remember tomorrow, Sunday, June 6, 2021, that the American people in general are not well aware of the great heroic efforts on June six. In a study completed by the American Council of Trustees and Alumni in 2014, the study performed by GFK Custom Research found that only 70% college graduates knew that D-Day occurred during World War II, compared to 98% of those 65 and older with a college degree. And as you rightfully mentioned, you were on that hallowed ground in Normandy, France, visiting the Normandy American Cemetery and Memorial, And your father served in World War II in the Asia-Pacific Theater of Operations. Governor Bright, what should we focus on when remembering June 6, 1944? And what can we do as fellow Americans to educate and inform our fellow citizens, especially a new generation, about that extraordinary day, June 6, 1944?
2: I think we must remember not only the honored dead, And continue to praise their sacrifice and the families that have gone on years after other children and grandchildren that never had a father come home. So we must always remember those that made the ultimate sacrifice. When America held a beacon of liberty for the entire world. If not for America, and obviously the British had sacrificed so much, but how we got there, the sacrifice of the French underground, the sacrifice of those young 20 and 21-year-old pilots that flew bombing missions over Berlin to try to take out the, the Luftwaffe before the invasion took place, 50% of which died on their missions in the air and on the ground there years before we ever got to D-Day, but... The centerpiece again is this invasion is for liberation, liberation of the European continent. As I went to Normandy, I was embraced by those that live in South France that remember their grandfathers going out into the flooded fields. One young lady told me of her grandfather that went into the flooded fields to rescue the paratroopers, the 101st Airborne, that were drowning there when Rommel had flooded the fields. This was a horror upon horror that no young man or young woman should ever have to go through. But they did willingly. They wanted to be there. They desired to know that one day this war would come to an end. We must teach this in our schools, in our high schools, in our community colleges, in our universities, that America is not this racist country Mm, that has never done anything good. That Somehow we must repent of our terrible ways. Lift up the beacon of freedom to these young men and women in the classrooms. Let them be proud to know that America stood that day. That as Ronald Reagan said, that the hope to the world was our hopes, that the destiny of Europe was the destiny of America. And as I look today at the dangerous world, particularly our friends in Israel, as I told them that day as I spoke, as we spoke in the Jerusalem Leadership Summit, much as President Reagan said about Europe. That so goes Israel. So goes America. That day was a D-Day of freedom, a day that that literally saved the world. That so many, as I saw the, the marker for Teddy Roosevelt Jr., who died there mm-hmm. on June twelfth, nineteen forty-four. The son of the president of the United States came back into the war. He was in his forties. He had been the son of the president of the United States. He easily—he had been a hero of World War I. He could have easily set this out. But he found himself there in Normandy, and lost his life, uh, succumbed to a heart attack on the 12th of June. But if a president of the United, a son of the president of the United States could volunteer to go into this, knowing that it may cost his life, what can we ask of our young students but only recognize and honor this day and the hollow dead?
1: As one who comes from Europe, we are so grateful to America and those who serve to liberate Europe. My father is a World War II concentration camp survivor and will be Uh. celebrating the 90th birthday this year. He and his mother, my grandmother, and a great number of families that were held in an Italian concentration camp survived because American troops came to liberate Europe. Tragically, my father lost his younger brother due to malnutrition and mistreatment in the concentration camp. But my father still clearly remembers today how did the gate of the concentration camp open widely and they were afraid to leave. Eventually, they walked out through the gate and realized that they were free and found out that American troops just landed on the Italian peninsula which was the end of the Mussolini fascist Italy, which was an ally of Hitler's Nazi Germany. So it is a tremendous, I mean, there are so many lives that were saved by Americans who came to liberate Europe.
2: And wouldn't our children want to hear that? Someone that has a child, a parent that has a child in middle school and high school, don't they want them to come home and say, Mom, I didn't know we saved the world. I thought America was bad. I thought we were all systemically racist. I, I thought that it, this was just one person trying to get ahead of the other through capitalism. No, no, your nation, your America, your grandfathers, this was not something that happened in 3rd BC. This is not something that's ancient history. There are men alive today that remember going on those beaches, that remember jumping out of those airplanes in the 101st Airborne. But fine. Those gentlemen in your neighborhoods, find them in your communities and in your states, and listen to them rather than having transgender day where we go in with someone who is an exotic dancer talking to third graders. Maybe we should have a World War II veteran or a son of a World War II veteran come into that classroom and tell them the greatness of America that day. In June 6th of 1944. Tomorrow will be the 77th anniversary. I would invite everyone to find someone that knows a child of someone who fought in that great World War II and just ask them about their father, about their grandfathers. Let us send them into the schools. Let us send them into our university campuses and tell of the greatness of America when the torch of liberty was again brought to light the European company.
1: And it was therefore even more offensive for America's patriots and soldiers and the families of soldiers who have sacrificed their lives to have Vice President Kamala Harris relay a flippant statement for the Memorial Day weekend saying, I quote, enjoy the long weekend, unquote. Without any mention of the significance of the Memorial Day or respect for principles of patriotism, freedom and the sacred honor. Uh, Governor Brown, is there a deliberate attempt? to deride timeless principles and American values by America's political leadership today.
2: If you can devalue patriotism, if you can have an entire generation believe that somehow this country has done something wrong, mm. that all of our actions were nefarious, that we were never that beacon of freedom, then what is there to protect? Why would the next generation fight for their liberties and for America if they believe that it was wrong to do so? or that they believe it never really happened. These leaders are seeking power. And to gain power, they must weaken the American people. They must bring us to a point where we don't believe we can achieve individual greatness. That the doors of those Higgin boats may never have to be lowered again. That there never will be another challenge. And if there is another challenge to the sovereignty of America and to the freedom of the world, we should somehow work it all out and meet and see if we can't settle this peacefully. Now everyone sought peace, but the time will come when America's treasure is today and will again be asked to find those beaches, to go in to that force for liberty. And we will not be ready if we believe somehow we are not honored by that sacrifice. Those young men and women today will not go on to those beaches if they feel like there is no reason to fight for America, that America is not the beacon of liberty to the world, and it is worth our very lives to sacrifice for that ideal that is America. You see, so so when someone knocks on their door in the middle of the night to take their liberty, they are unable to stand. They're unable to resist a force that would take their very freedoms and the freedoms of their children. Children that will not know what liberty and freedom has been in the United States. Indeed. This is, I think, the mission that we must be ever vigilant against. Mm -hmm.
0: We are joined by Governor Phil Bryant, who served as Mississippi's 64th governor from 2012 to 2020. And Governor Bryant, we thank you so much for your continued principal leadership on the vital issues of our day and encouraging all of us uh, to remain steadfast in the important work of advancing freedom in America and affirming the rule of law that made this country so unique, so exceptional, so great.
1: Thank you, Governor Bryant.
2: Again, Sunday, thank you. Sunday, D-Day, take one moment to remember Omaha Beach.
0: This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting's two FM radio stations in Michigan and the Midwest and Supertalk Mississippi Media's 12 radio stations in the South. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joel your co-host, joined by Natasha Sardorj, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit and our distinguished guest host, Governor Phil Bryant.
1: America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C. brings together leading voices from business, government, media, technology, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, and Fireside. Visit iLeadersSummit.org. iLeadersSummit.org.